0: How's everybody doing this morning? Thanks for all the emails about salt and cauliflower this past week. For those of you who were here last week, if you didn't, you can tune in online. We are in week three of a series called The Good Life, and um, we are looking at arguably some of the greatest words ever spoken of all time, Jesus' sermon on the mount. And I just want to let you know, if you like a challenge, you're going to enjoy today, because today. Jesus issues his biggest challenge by far in his Sermon on the Mount. We are just a couple of minutes in to his talk. We're in the Gospel of Matthew. This is uh, Matthew, the tax collector who came to follow Jesus. It's his account of Jesus' life, and he records this Sermon on the Mount. This is the fifth chapter, starting in the 38th verse, and this is what Jesus said. He said, you've heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. Now, they had heard this saying. We've all heard this too, haven't we? An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You see, 2,000 years ago, this was the law of the land. This was actually what the Jewish civil system put in place. To actually, it was a mercy law. And the reason it was a mercy law was because it was created so that there was a system of punishment. When someone did something wrong, there would be a way that that person would be brought to justice. And this was also a mercy law because it would stop violence from escalating. Basically, the idea here was if you, you know, hit me in the eye, I don't get to chop your head off. Okay. The most that I could do is kind of an equal retribution. Well, that's the way it was set up, kind of in a civil system, in the court system. But the reason that Jesus is bringing it up here is because what had happened was that individual people had taken that law and they had said, you know what, I'm going to use this law that was intended kind of in a civil system, I'm going to use this law for my own personal license to go out and take revenge on somebody else for what they've done to me. And so that's what people were doing. And so Jesus says, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I tell you, now check out these words because they will freak some of you out. He says, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. Did you catch that? I'm going to say that again. Do not resist an evil person. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a second. Did Jesus really say don't resist an evil person? What is he saying there? That's crazy. All right, well, let's, let's talk about for a second what he is not saying. What Jesus is not saying there is he's not saying don't resist evil altogether. He's not saying that. Okay? He's saying an evil person. So the deal is that if you look at Jesus' life and his ministry, it's pretty clear that Jesus resisted evil because you have to look no further than when he went into the temple courts. If you remember the story, those of you who are familiar, where the uh, there, were, there were some money changers who were outside of the temple and when people would bring their sacrifices, these money changers were extorting people, especially the poor. And Jesus just was so fired up about this and he got a whip and he went into the temple and he drove out all these money changers, turning over their tables. So Jesus opposed evil. And when you look through the entirety of the Bible, you see that God is a God of justice and God is against oppression and evil is being dealt with. So Jesus isn't saying here, don't resist evil. But what he is saying, and you've got to catch this, this is very important. He is saying, he says, do not resist an evil person. So this is an instruction at the individual level, at the personal level for us. And basically what he's saying, and this is, pretty crazy, but essentially he's saying, if you are wronged by somebody, don't retaliate. If you are wronged by somebody, you don't get to get back at them. Now, I don't know about you, but man, that's a hard one to take right there, because the way we kind of live and the philosophy that seems to have permeated our thinking and our culture and our society today isn't this at all, is it? It's more of the old adage, don't get mad, get, get even. Yep, don't get mad, get even. Anybody recognize these two faces? Anybody, who, who are, who are these people? The Bobbits, right? You guys remember this is the slice heard around the world. And uh, I'm not going to say any more than that because there are children in the room. But, um, you know, this, this is more what we think of. We, we don't get mad, but man, we get even, and it's under the auspices of justice. So, But Jesus says, no, no, no. Don't resist an evil person. If somebody wrongs you, you don't get to retaliate. Now, he goes in and he gives us some concrete examples of exactly what he's talking about here. He says, if anyone slaps you on the right cheek... Turn to them the other cheek also. Now, we've all heard this expression. This is where we get, oh, turn the other cheek. Everybody's heard this in this room. Just turn the other cheek. And we're kind of numb to the shock value of this statement. Literally, what Jesus is saying is, if somebody just goes up and just smacks you right across the face, then you don't get to do anything. That's like, you know what? Go ahead and turn to the person next to you right now and just smack them right across the face, okay? I mean, imagine if that, don't do it for real, okay? Imagine if somebody next to you right now just smacked you across the face. Jesus says, hey, it's, it's cool. Not only do you not get to get even with them, go ahead and just in case they didn't get a really good shot on you, just go ahead and turn the other cheek to them too, just in case they wanna just get a little bit more aggression out. What? What is Jesus saying? Is that really what he means by turn the other cheek? Let's keep going. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, Jesus says, hand over your coat as well. Modern day equivalent. If somebody sues you and takes you to court and they're suing you for $50,000, give them $100,000. Just, you know, just... It's cool, man. Just double them up. Don't even worry about it. Just, just give them twice as much as they sue you for. Now, you have to understand that in, in Jesus' day, when he was saying these words, there were really only two garments that were worn. So they had this inner garment, which we see translated as the shirt, and then this outer garment, which would kind of, they would sleep in and stuff, and that's translated as the coat. So if you really look at what Jesus is saying here, He's saying, if somebody sues you for your shirt, the inner garment, just go ahead, just go ahead and give them, give them the outer garment too. You know what he's saying? Just go ahead and get naked. Just, just take all your clothes off right there in the courtroom. Just, just go ahead. Now, who said Jesus isn't any fun, man? Come on. <laughs> just go ahead and get naked. There it is, right in the Sermon on the Mount. He continues, verse 41. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Now, here's the deal with this. 2,000 years ago, the Romans ruled over the Jewish nation. And so basically, the Jewish people had to do whatever the Romans said. And the Romans had a law that for all their soldiers who were out patrolling and making sure that everyone was doing what they were supposed to and paying their taxes, that under Roman law, back then in Jesus' day, any Roman soldier could walk up to a Jewish citizen and could basically say, you know what? I'm tired of carrying all my stuff, my, all my equipment, my pack, my weapons, whatever. you got to carry them for the next mile that we go. That was the law. And so can you imagine... <laughs> Like, you're just walking along, doing your own thing, and all of a sudden, this Roman soldier comes to you. Yep, you were going this way. We're actually going this way for a mile, okay? Because it's under the law. You have to do this. I mean, today, we get ticked off if we just barely miss the, the metro, and we have to wait for the next one. You know what I'm saying? Or, heaven forbid, if somebody blocks the box of the intersection, and that light turns red before we can get through, oh my goodness, we're going ballistic. And so, but imagine this. Not only are you walking a mile out of your way, but... You would be carrying the equipment of your oppressors. Think about how humiliating, how degrading that would be. And you know what Jesus says? This is crazy. He goes, after you get done with the mile, man, just go ahead and go an extra mile just for fun. Just just go one more. What in the world is he talking about? This is nuts. He continues, give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Basically, anybody needs anything, anybody asks for anything, hey, don't worry about barriers or boundaries or anything. Just just, just give give yourself away. Don't worry about your rights. Don't worry about anything. Just, just let him have it. And then he says, and here we go, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, You know how we all feel about tax collectors. And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. You're like, what is the deal with being perfect? No one can be perfect. you got to check out week one of this series, okay? If you haven't tuned into week one, man, everything, the whole series rests on that. So make sure you tune in, trygrace.org, get that message. It's free to download, listen, watch, whatever. But basically, here is what Jesus is saying in this passage, the whole passage that we've just read from start to finish. He said, you know what? You don't just get to love the people who are easy to love. Come on. Anybody can do that. I want you to love the people who hate you. Now, there's a challenge. you got to love your enemies. Basically, what Jesus is saying here is when we are wrong, when we are hurt, when something terrible happens to us at the hands of an evil person, Jesus' words, not mine, when we feel like taking somebody's head off, Jesus says, you know what? Bless their socks off. That's what I want you to do. Don't take their head off. Just bless their socks off. This is ridiculous. This is even worse than just kind of like, oh, you know, I'll just let them have that one. I'll just kind of ignore it. No, no, no. He says do the exact opposite. Double them up when they sue you. Just, Just give them even more. This is crazy, you guys. This is absolutely crazy. And here's the craziest part. If you are here this morning and... You identify yourself as a Christian. Like you're here and you're like, "I believe in God, and you know, I, I, I believe in Jesus, and I, I am doing my best in this life to, to submit to what Jesus says and to try and follow His commands and His instructions. Then here's the crazy part of this. This is actually something that Jesus commands us to do. This isn't like one of those little optional things. It's like, "Hey, you know here's a little suggestion. But this is something Jesus says, this is what my followers do. They do this kind of crazy stuff. Now, if you're here today, and maybe, you know, you just kind of, you heard about this church for people who don't go to church, and so you just, you just came in, and you're just checking things out. You're like, whoa, hold on, man, hold on, hold on. I got great news for you, great news for you you actually haven't signed up for this, okay? Because you're just trying to figure out who Jesus is, and, and we're so happy that you're here. And you can actually just take a massive sigh of relief from that. Just, because oh, you're off the hook. You don't have to, there's no law in America that says we got to do this, right? I mean, this is, this is crazy. This is crazy. And many of you, you're sitting here going, yeah, this is crazy, because here's the deal. If we actually did this, you know what that would mean? we would be the ultimate doormats of society, wouldn't we? I mean, if we actually did this, if we took this literally and we did this, everybody would walk all over us. Like evil people would start coming out of the woodwork just to do stuff to us because they know that they're going to get blessed. In fact, this is like positive reinforcement of bad behavior. This is crazy, crazy stuff. But I got to tell you, We're going to dive a little deeper into this. This may just be crazy enough to be brilliant. So... I'm going to ask for four volunteers. I just need four people to hop up. You don't have to say anything. I just need you. Just four volunteers. First four people up on the stage just to act out a couple things. Um, man, we got like no, nobody wants to get up here, man. No, it's, it's very simple. Uh, anybody? Come on. Some of you, are, you're falling asleep. You just need, you need to get up on this. Come on, man. Let's go. Let's go. Four volunteers up on the stage. I got one, two, three. Come on. There we go. Just come right on down. Beautiful. Okay. So I want to, I want to try and, um, act these things out a little bit for you if we can. So we've got. Um, tell me your name, sir. Scotty Brand. Scotty. All right. Awesome. And Shannon. Shannon. Good to see you, Shannon. Mac, Mac and Hannah. Hannah. Okay, Hannah, you're gonna come over here with with Scotty. Okay. So um, I'll see if I can remember everybody's name. So we got Shannon, and we've got Mac. All right. And we're gonna start with you guys. You guys just hang tight for a minute right there. So um, here's what we're gonna do. So Shannon, you look. Uh, you look no offense but you look a lot tougher than max so so hold on so come this way i don't know what it is about you it must be the beard or something but anyway so so what we're going to what we're going to have you do is um, now actually i want you i want to switch you back over Are you do trying you, to say i'm evil no you but you're the perfect you just i don't know what it is but this is good so what i want you to do is um, is i want you to just go ahead and just and just let Mac have it. You're going to take your right hand, okay? And I just want you now now to hit him in the right cheek, which is what Jesus Jesus said. You're actually to do that. You'd have to backhand. You'd have to backhand the person, okay? So um so so now uh, hopefully you guys can act this out. I don't actually want him to hit. You don't don't actually hit him. But I want you just just go ahead. Just let's act this out, okay? Here we go. Just go ahead and backhand him across the right hand. Go ahead across the face. Okay. Now pause. Pause right there. Pause right there, okay? Now, let's do that again. I want you more believable. Come on. Okay, beautiful. Here's the deal. That just happened, okay? Now, let's pretend for a minute we're not in church. It's Friday night. We're out in Clarendon. It's about midnight. We just saw these two guys, and Shannon just smacked Mac right across the face. Now, let me ask you guys a question. What is everybody in the room expecting to happen right now? What's Matt gonna do? Hey, Matt's coming back, baby. Aren't you coming back? He's coming back. All right. Now, here's, here's the deal. If Matt comes back at Shannon right now, okay, if he comes back at Shannon and a fight ensues, then is Shannon happy about that? Is this what Shannon was expecting? Yes. Yes, he was. So when Mac comes back at Shannon, now it's on, right? I mean, now we're just now we're just brawling over here. And here's what has just happened. Okay? By Mac retaliating that way, now Shannon's like awesome, okay? Cuz this is what you wanted. This is what you wanted. You wanted Mac. You wanted Mac. And what what has happened in this moment? Don't miss this. What happened in this moment is by retaliating the way you did. Okay, not that just about everybody wouldn't. Okay, but by retaliating the way you did, you have now given the green light to Shannon. And Shannon's initial act of violence has just been justified. It has been validated. And if anything, the fuel, the 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 fire is now fueled. Right now, it's oh yeah. Now now we're gonna now we're going toe to toe. Alright? That's what has happened. But let's just suppose for a second that Mac is gonna be the bigger man here, okay? And so so you just got smacked, and instead of doing what you would want to do, what if instead Mac looks Shannon in the eye? Act this out, okay? <laughs> and he goes and he goes and he just goes like this. Really? Are you serious? Like and not, not in a way like not in a way like come on, fool, you know, but but in like a <laughs> Just, just, just like, are you serious? You just, why did you just hit me? Like, is, is this the way, is this the way that this has to go down? Like you're, you're that ticked off that you just up and just backhanded me across the face. Come on, man. There's gotta be a better way here. Now, if Mac does that, what do we think happens next? <laughs> and here's the deal. And this is the wild card because anything could happen. Right? Anything could happen. This is two human beings. We have no idea how to predict this. Shannon could be like, okay, obviously that didn't get him going, so let me hit him again. All right? That could happen. That could happen. Shannon could think that Mac is the biggest jerk and he's some sort of psychoanalytical something or other, and so he comes back at him again. But here's the thing. By Mac doing that, and if he took another shot and just still looks Shannon in the face and goes, seriously, man? Like, I'm not going to hit you back, man. Come on. If nothing else, that gives Shannon great pause, doesn't it? Now, Shannon is very confused. <laughs> he is, that messes with him, okay? And maybe, just maybe, it changes the course of events. But if nothing else, here's what it does. And I'll tell you something. For those of you who like, like Ultimate Fight Club and all that, all that stuff like that, okay? You love seeing when two people are going at it, right? Is it fun to watch one person just beating the life out of another? Anybody think that's cool? Would you think that's fun? Just if he's sitting there, just defenseless, and you're just kicking the you-know-what out of him? No, it's not fun at all, right? Because what it does is it doesn't justify the behavior. It doesn't, it, there's no retaliation there. So thank you guys for that illustration. You guys can go ahead and have a seat. Thank you. All right. You two have been patiently waiting. Thank you. So we're going to have some fun with this. So this pack's a little heavy. So, All right, Scott, this is your pack. All right, you're going to be our Roman soldier and tell me your name one more time, young lady. Hannah, that's right. Okay, that's pretty heavy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it is. Okay. Got to make the illustration good. So, um so Jesus said that if uh, if anybody forces you to go 1 mile, go with them 2. So, Scott, go ahead, let's let's go ahead and hand your pack. You you see Hannah, okay? And let's go ahead and hand your pack to Hannah cuz under the law you're allowed to do that. So, Scott hands his pack to Hannah. It's for she's got it. She's tough. I trust her. We'll see. There we go. You got it, Hannah. Yeah, yeah there we go. So now, Hannah, now, can you guys walk in place? Just, you know, you, you guys are walking. Just there you go. Beautiful. All right. Now, let me ask you guys a question. Right now in this first mile, who has all the power? It's not a trick question. Who has all the power? Scott, the soldier, right? He's got all the power. He's got the law behind him. I mean, th- th- this is well within his right to be able to do this. Jesus says, now, Hannah, when you get to the end of that mile, you turn to Scott and you say, you know what? You look like you've had a, you've had a tough day. You know, I'm, I'm happy to keep going. I'm pretty strong, you know? I'm, I'm happy to carry your pack a little further for you, give you, give you a little break. I mean, you're, you're a person too. You matter. Now, now in that moment, as we start to enter into the second mile, now who has the power? Hannah. Hannah has All the power. You see, in the first mile, she didn't have a choice, did she? Jesus is saying, now, when you have the choice, now choose to do something great. Now, just as in the first example, okay, don't miss this. And all you cynics, just go ahead. It's cool. Just, just let your, let your cynical side go. Okay. At this moment, Scotty could be so ticked off that, I mean, it could go badly for Hannah. Okay. I mean, it's a very delicate situation. We have no idea what might happen at that moment where Hannah, if it's seen as spiteful or disrespectful or whatever, but if Hannah's able to do that in a spirit of love and a spirit of true service and, and identifying with another human being that way, who knows what that could do to Scotty? Who knows? Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. I'll take the pack. You guys can grab a seat. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, sir. Now, some of you are like, man, okay, I, I see your point there. There's, there's, appreciate the little illustration and bringing that to life. And yeah, um, that's great. Jesus said that stuff and, you know, whatever. But then that could never work today. I mean, I mean, who does that today, right? Can't, that just can't work. Well, don't tell that to, to these guys. I mean, don't say that to Mahatma Gandhi's family. Martin Luther King's family, you realize that these two guys studied this passage and were so inspired and pulled the principles from what Jesus is saying here that it fueled them to lead movements where they did not that they where they resisted evil. They did, they resisted evil. But they did not resist an evil person. And the world was radically different as a result. So don't say that it can't work, because it can. Now, I'm going to uh, ask, if you have small children with you or around you, just just keep tabs on them, because we're gonna, we're going to put all the lights out just for... A minute right now so let's go ahead just make sure you know where where everybody is <laughs> and um we're gonna turn all the lights down i want to try and illustrate a little point here so if we could go ahead and do that lauren that would be absolutely fantastic if you're afraid of the dark just pray hard okay it's gonna be it's gonna be okay so here's the deal you guys this passage that we're talking about jesus is dealing with some really dark stuff you know like these are the times in our lives where we've had to deal with evil people and we've been deeply wronged, deeply wounded. We carry all sorts of hurts and scars and it's dark. They've led us into dark places. And our natural reaction, think about this, our natural reaction, when we're in a dark place and someone has brought us to that place, it's like, you know what? I just, I just would love to just for them to experience a little bit of this darkness, you know? That would just be, it seems like that would just be justice. Just them kind of having a little taste of what I've been going through. And it's all under the auspices of justice, of fairness, of what's right. That's a very normal reaction for us to have. But here's the thing. Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., tremendously inspired by this passage, said these words. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. As much as we think that getting even or a little bit of darkness is going to make things better, it doesn't. It really doesn't. So I'm going to ask you a question, okay? If you're here this morning and you have ever in your life, ever when someone didn't deserve it, you gave them a little grace. If you ever overlooked something that someone else did to you and you gave them the benefit of the doubt, you ever offered forgiveness to somebody, I want you to take out any sort of light that you may have on you right now. A phone that has a little flashlight or even the phone screen, a a little pocket, uh, keychain, something else. Just whatever you've got on you. If you have anything that lights up, I just want you, if you have ever had somebody cut you off in traffic and you wanted to hold up your just one finger and you held up five, okay? And you wait. If if you have ever in your life not given somebody what they deserve, I want you to turn on a light right now. Yeah, keep, keep those lights coming on. Keep them coming on. Because we've all had moments where we've given people grace. We've wanted to take somebody's head off, haven't we? And instead, we've chosen to do something else. Maybe not bless their socks off, but clearly not what they deserved. Now, this, this is what the kingdom of God looks like. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. That's awesome. Okay, we can... We're going to go ahead and bring the lights back up. Leave your lights on for just a second. There we go. Okay. Um, now, here's the deal. This doesn't always work. You know, many of you probably said, hey, that room, that was still kind of dark a little bit when we had all those lights on. Yep. You guys can, you guys can turn your lights off. I appreciate that, though. Um, and here's the deal. This isn't like some formula that Jesus gives, okay? The the point of this isn't, hey, if you just bless, if you love your enemies, if you do these things, like you're gonna get these great results. Hear hear me, that is not the point of this passage at all. It's not about results. This is ultimately about living the way that God has intended us to live. You see, here's the deal. When we're wronged, we are consumed by thoughts of the other person, aren't we? Our, really, our only concern is that other person. You know what Jesus' concern is? Our heart. That's what Jesus is concerned about. Our heart. I got uh, one story in closing, and then, um, and then we're going to dismiss. So um, we have somebody at Grace who is very, very dear to me. Um, she and her husband started coming to Grace about 12 years ago. Her name's Kathy, and her husband is Robert. And um, they were coming when Grace was like really small, just a couple years old, and so everybody knew everybody. And and we got to know Kathy and Robert, just an absolutely delightful couple in every way. They got involved, and we're doing all sorts of great and wonderful things. And, uh, and everything was going really great. And then... Um, about three years into this wonderful ride, um, there was this terrible tragedy. And it happened to like the least likely person. If you could imagine something horrible and violent happening to somebody and you can think of like the least horrible, least violent person, that was Robert. And uh, so we we found out that Robert was, uh, was brutally murdered but right here in D.C., Um, by some supposed friends and people that he knew that happened in the house of people he trusted and um this just completely just wrecked i mean as you can imagine kathy this is the man of her dreams and uh it was just absolutely awful these guys these three guys um I mean, it was clear that they either did it or they knew who did because there was tampering with the, the crime scene. Uh, there, was, there was all sorts of cover-ups that went on. Um, there was the story that made up that didn't really make sense. And, and they all got like the, the, the best attorneys that money could buy and they battled in court. And um, you know what happened? They went through that criminal trial and they actually got off. They got off and it was so clear. Even the judge was like sick over the fact, but it was that whole, you know, reasonable doubt, whatever that deal is, you know? And so they got off. And so here's Kathy and she's, you know, in in the midst of this, I mean, this went on for years. And um, I remember um, we had Kathy over to our house uh, one time and we're sitting there in, in my kitchen and we had talked for several hours it's about everything. And and we got to the point in the night where we started to talk about these three guys. And, and I, I remember saying something like, Kathy, I just, I mean, I can't even imagine. Like, how do you, like, when you think about these guys that you knew as well, like, how do you, I mean, that must be so hard. And she said, you know what, Derek? I will never forget the words she said next. She said, You know what, Derek? I'm actually, I'm not mad at those three guys. I'm not angry. I'm not bitter. She said, You know, when I think about those guys, I think about little five year old boys. She said, Happy, go lucky, carefree, lovely, wonderful, little five-year-old boys. She said, because they were five-year-old boys once. She said, what happened? I mean, how did things get so broken? How did things get from there to here, to actually being able to like, take somebody's life in such a violent and awful way? I'm not filled with anger. I'm filled with sadness because they have this darkness in them and they don't even realize they have it. And then she said, she said, you know, and, and I just talked to Kathy a couple nights ago, um, asked her permission to share this story. And And I, you know, I was—we were talking about everything—and she reaffirmed this, this next part that it's still true today. But she said, um, she said, Derek, you know, when I'm praying and I'm spending time with God, you know, and I think about the guys that did this, she said, you know, I just have to be really honest. I can't bring myself to pray for their salvation. I can't do it. She said, This is the coolest part. She said, But I pray that God would allow others to pray for them. That's awesome. See, here's the thing Kathy, she could be so bitter you ever been around just like just a bitter angry person they're right next to you do not move a muscle okay but you know they're just no fun to be around and they have millions of reasons why life sucks and everything went wrong and it should be so much better Kathy could be one of those people but for those of you who know Kathy she is amazing she is radiant. She's so beautiful and full of life and full of love and gratitude. And let me tell you, her whole world has been completely altered. But she is not chained down. Her heart is not hard and bitter. Her heart is soft. And somehow, by God's grace, she is free and she's free to love and she's free to have joy. So when Kathy and I talked this week, Kathy said to me, she said, Derek, I'll be praying for you in this message. And I said, Kathy, that's awesome. I said, i always take prayer for that. I said, but you know, I'm so fired up about this message. (laughs) Like heaven and hell couldn't stop me. Okay. I said, "Here's, here's the bigger thing that I want you to pray for, Kathy. Kathy, would you please pray? Like between now and then just constantly would you be in prayer for every single person that is coming to the service today would you pray for anyone who is still holding on to hurts and wrongs and bitterness and people that you would just love to get back at a little bit would just love to see them get a little justice a little retribution I said Kathy would you pray for them and she said oh my God I'd be so honored and she emailed me later and said I just want you to know I've been praying I've been praying Kathy has been praying for you. She's been praying for you. That if there's anything in your heart that is being held down, that is being hardened, that you'd be able, by God's grace, to let that go. So here's the question. Is there anything that you're holding to today? Is there... When we talk about something like this, is there a face that comes into your mind and you just kind of clench up inside? Is there a name that when you hear that name, you're like, "Oh"? Is there someone who's done you wrong and you know it's still eating at you? You know it's still weighing you down? And if so, I just wanna tell you, today could be an amazing day. Because you see why you cannot while you cannot get that person's name or their face or that, that experience or whatever it is out of your mind and, and you're, you're, you're concerned about it and you can't help but be consumed about it, God is concerned about you and your heart. God wants you to live the good life. That's all God wants for you. And so I just encourage you, we're gonna... Um, Just carve out a minute or two of just sacred space right now in just a second. And I'm going to ask our prayer team, prayer team, could you guys just stand up right now, move over to this wall, okay? If you're on our prayer team, just just move right now over there. And here's what I'm going to tell you. If you're here today and you feel like Kathy, where you can't even bring yourself to pray for your persecutors, there's no way that in you, you could do that. I want to invite you. These guys have also been praying with me and with Kathy for you. And I just want to let you know, they would be so incredibly humbled and honored to pray for you if you don't have the words to pray yourself. And I want to say one other thing. Maybe you do have the words. And maybe God's already prompting you to let something go. I just want to tell you how powerful it is, two words, to go public. And what I mean by that is not to raise a hand or make some big dance along the aisles, but essentially if you today are declaring freedom from something that's been holding you down, I want you, even if you've prayed about it, you spend time in your seat as, uh, as, as these guys play, I want you to go ahead and just, just head on over to that wall and just declare that to the team right over there, just as a way of marking the day, the day that you turned a corner. Because that's actually huge in our recovery, in our in our health, and our getting better, and our pursuing this good life. So I'm gonna pray for us. And then um, these guys are gonna just pray, or, or play for a couple minutes. And if you want in that time, you can head over and see our prayer team or just have some time right here, you and God. And then as we dismiss, feel free, they're still gonna be over here. They would love to pray for you. I will also be over there as well. Okay, let's pray. Lord God, um, we thank you for this crazy teaching. I mean, it's nuts that you would actually call us to turn the other cheek toward an evil person, that you would call us to ridiculously bless somebody and almost reward them for their bad behavior, that you would call us to love our enemies and pray for those who do not deserve our prayers. Lord, it's crazy. But we thank you that you are crazy about us. That you want us to be free. And God, there are people right now and they're wrestling with you right now over something. And maybe some people have let it go, but somehow they've picked it back up again. And I pray, Lord, today you would give victory. You would give freedom. You would free people's hearts so that we could live the good life, so that we could love again and experience joy again, or that we could, instead of being 95% on our game and loving, we could be 100 back up there again. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for, for what you've done in Kathy's life and in her heart, Lord, through this tremendous tragedy. And Lord, that's my prayer for every single person in here, that you would do the same that you did for Kathy, that you'd do the same for us. And it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Grace Community Church, a church for people who don't go to church, meets on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. in Arlington, Virginia. Connect with us anytime at trygrace.org.